Guys, welcome back to another episode of Metal Mastermind. Co-founder and co-host Jason Stallworth here and also co-founder, co-host the great Ken Gadellis. Thank you so much. Dude, <laughs> we're back again, man. Hey, we filmed two I, podcasts today, man. So you guys know we filmed these in advance. So uh, and we usually post about two or three weeks later. So uh, we, we like to stay caught up. I'm actually in Thailand right now. So <laughs> as, as we speak, but we filmed this in advance uh, to cater to our, our trips that we take in and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I think you'll be gone too around this time, right? Yeah, I'll be in Missouri. So uh, I'm visiting family for the Thanksgiving weekend. So um, awesome. very exciting, very exciting. November is going to be a good month. No, yeah, November is a great. It's been it's been a great month. Uh, but yeah, by the time this release, you'll be in Missouri. I'll, I think I mean, I'm yeah, back. I, 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 you're talking to the past Ken right now. Yeah. yeah, we're talking. We're talking to our future selves, and you guys are you guys are here in the past selves. So this is getting weird oh already. <laughs> that is guys, that is so confusing. <laughs> We want to talk to you about uh, about obsession, just in general, but I guess with your music. Like, do you need to be obsessed with your music to to make something out of it? Like, to truly make it, or, or how obsessed? How far do you need to go to really make it uh, beyond just the hobbyist level and to put something out there? I mean, how do you feel about that, Ken? Because you know, you and I just talked about a couple of podcasts ago. We talked about work life balance and. Uh, the balance between that and then also the need to put in the time that, that is required to make something happen? Uh, well, I believe in inertia. <laughs> so okay. if, you're, um, if you're going at a, at, a, at a constant speed, you know, that, um, that inertia, that momentum carries forward in everything that you do, right? So yeah. the faster you're going in that, you know, which you can consider that you know, to be your obsession, the more focused, the more obsessed, the more all about what it is that you're doing, the, the faster, the more speed, the more inertia you're going to, you know, create that is just, you know, it, it continues to propel. Um, we were just talking about Ingve Malmsteen in his interview with Rick Beato, which is, a uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a really great interview, but, uh, great interview, man. Yeah. that, that reminded me, um, and Jason for that matter, of how, how important it was, uh, to be dedicated to your craft. And Ingve is uh, the perfect example <laughs> of being obsessed with guitar playing and, you know, being, you know, dedicated to his craft. I mean, you know, I, I feel like in a lot of these instances when we talk about like music and, and fame or, you know, these kinds of things, um, and what makes someone famous or, or get to that level of success. Um, and part of it, I think, is obsession. Being so obsessed that you're really putting everything behind it. And you start to do away with other things in your life or you sacrifice other things. And, you know, some people sacrifice, you know, family uh, doing something like music. You know, and uh, not going to say that that's healthy. <laughs> Just gonna, but it is. It has proven results before. Um, so it's it's a very interesting uh, dynamic, and I think the more energy you focus on something that you absolutely love and admire, the more of it you'll get. 
It's, it's good you mentioned that. I remember hearing Glenn Fricker, you know, Spectra Sounds on YouTube, him saying that was the reason he never, he made a conscious choice not to have children uh, because he knew that he was going to be doing what he does, you know, in the music industry and, and with production and such. And that was just going to be his life. So he knew that probably wouldn't be healthy to bring a kid into that, you know. So if you, that that could be a decision you make too. I mean, some of you may already have a family, and I'm not saying you need to discard them to you know work on your music 24 seven. But if you know if you're not there, right, and and music is something that you're really striving for, I think there is something to be said to focusing on that and putting all your energy in that. Uh, and, and just not letting anything else get in the way. And that might be a period of time, right, Ken? It might be like, okay, I'm going to focus on this from, you know, in my 20s. And instead of going to party and, and doing everything else that 20-year-olds do from 20 to 30, I'm going to focus on this one thing for 10 years. And then maybe you open up the door to other things in life, you know, if you want, it, if you want something to, to really happen. But the more responsibilities you have, and this is not about, not so much about family and kids and that sort of thing, but the more responsibilities you have and things that you set into your life, the less, the less time you have to be focused on what you want to focus on. So I think also, let's say you do have a family and, and you're doing that. Well, it might mean that you can't take on these three or four other hobbies that you really want to do if music is your true passion, right? Uh, there are a lot of things that I haven't necessarily given up, but just a lot of things I don't think about doing uh, that a lot of other people do. Because I'm always, I've got a guitar in my hand or, or I'm marketing or, or doing what we do with Metal Mastermind. And so there's a lot of things that I don't do. Uh, I make sure I spend time with my wife. We, we go to mom and pop restaurants together. Uh, we travel together. Like I said, I'm probably flying back from Thailand at the, at the time this is being released. But I also play guitar here. I went to guitar stores and film content for what I do, you know. So I think you have to narrow down and like, okay, this is the thing I'm going to focus on. And maybe I've got some other responsibilities, but I'm going to cut anything else out because I need to focus on this right. thing. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I, I think there's, uh, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about balance in, in, in our in our conversations. And yeah. I feel like if you're very obsessed with something, I think the, the, the other side to that is what is it that you want to be your legacy? Um, because your, your legacy is deeply tied to your obsession, you know? And if you decide that you want to be known for doing what it is that you're after, um, are you willing to sacrifice another part of your legacy for that? Um, and that's, that, that can be a very deep, rabbit hole on what's important to you in life and uh if you don't really care to have family then you know you want to just do this uh and you you can focus all your energy and more power to you if you're the person who's like you know uh, i love what i do uh but i want to have a family then you know there's going to have to be some you know compromise in in making that you know it's just it's just part of the nature of doing things uh, I I like to talk about my father in this instance because my father was a touring musician uh, sure. for for a long time. Yeah, you know, thirty plus years. Uh, he was playing wow, with um, a lot of a lot of people like Menudo, Ricky Martin, all these kinds of guys. And uh, my father always, you know, he when he left the music industry, he focused more on his family. That was his decision. It was a conscious decision to do that. 
and he always told us that we were his grandmas, you know, and that this is this is the most important thing uh, yeah. for him. And uh, so family was his priority and his legacy uh, is through me, my brother and my sister. And that's that's his legacy. And he's proud. of it. And that's totally fine, too. You don't have to be uh, an Ingve Malmsteen. You know, <laughs> you you can live the life that you want to live. So what it is that is important to you and what you're obsessed with uh, with your music, uh, I think your legacy goes hand in hand with that. So um, there can there is such a thing I think as a healthy obsession, um, and not to be detrimental to your health or to others' health. Um, that is something I'm a advocate for. Um, to you know, I think this, this the things that are more frivolous, like uh, you know, for me it was video games. Um, I love video games deeply. It's actually so oh, part of. It's part of what I, what what made me who I am in in my creativity and all that stuff. But nowadays, I really don't play a lot of it, mostly because I just don't have time. Because I divert my attention and my energy towards the things that I'm trying to achieve, which is Homeric, mental mastermind, my pro, pro, professorial, you know, pursuits in in New York or the City College and whatnot. So all of these kinds of things are uh, more important to me. Uh, in what I want to be my legacy versus just, you know, oh, I think, you know, video games are fun and I should have that in my life. You know, that's I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice that if it means that I am going to get this part uh, done. In my, in my So, yeah, that's that's a big part of it. And I don't think a lot of people really think about legacy when they think about their obsession. Yeah. And, and I think there's something to be said, too, that you have to be somewhat obsessed with. An obsession may not mean spending 24-7 on something. You know, you know, can you and I talk about this earlier? Yeah, there is a time requirement at some to some degree, but you can also spend a lot of effort and a lot of time running in place and not going anywhere, right? So oh, I've done totally. that throughout my life. It's like, I've worked so hard. Why didn't this happen, you know? And I was just focusing on the wrong things. You can spend a lot of energy focused on the wrong thing. So I think you have to zero in your focus on, you know, the, the few things you really need to do that's going to move the needle forward. And when it comes to your music or any kind of art, I do believe you need to have like an inward obsession that, that reflects outward, right? That you're so obsessed with your project, that you love your project so much, because if you don't, it's going to be very difficult to get someone else to become obsessed with it, with your right. music or your art or whatever it is that you're doing, right? So I think that you have to have that love. And I believe in order to have that passion for, for your project, for your music, it's going to require the time and the focus to spend on that to, to make it great, to make it something that you can really be proud of and showcase. You know, Ken, you and I, we both have albums coming out. You've, you've got a Homeric uh, project, a new album coming out next year. Over, my album Overcometh is about to hit in a few days, uh, you know, 12-1, December 1st. And actually, I can't remember when this uh, podcast is going to be aired on. Yes, it's going to be aired, I think, on the 28th, right? So so in a few days, my album will be out. This whole time thing is really messing me up. <laughs> um, it's hard to talk about current events when, when we're filming these podcasts, you know, two weeks in advance. And uh, we're, we're just trying to get ahead here. But, you know, yeah, you have to be become, you know, a little obsessed about something that you want to put out there to the world. I, I'm, I have an obsession for Metal Mastermind. I mean, I, I work a lot of hours, you know, putting out content, YouTube videos. Um, 
because I believe in it, you know, I, I believe it's Absolutely. something that we've put out there and I believe, you know, I know cause we get emails all the time and thank you guys that it does bring value to, to what you're trying to do with your life and in your music. So yeah, I mean, and that, that fuels my obsession even more. I'm like, okay, we're on the right track. I want to give you even more value than what you're already getting. So that's what we aim for. Uh, but no, that's, that's a good point. There's, there's a balance in there somewhere, you know, I think people like, uh, you know, like the Elon Musk of the world, I, I can only imagine like how obsessed he has to be and whether you're a fan of him or not, it's irrelevant, but how obsessed he has to be to create something so huge. But at that level, and I, I don't want to stray too far off the music side, but at that level, you also have some smart and talented people working for you as well. You know, and I would even say relating that to, let's say your music, let's say you've got this killer song, but to do the drums, to do the guitars, the bass, the vocals, the keys, if you have them in there, you know, that's a lot of time and effort. And you're probably not, I'm not saying you're not, but most people aren't experts at all of those. So what's the best thing to do? Well, find someone who is. I'm not a great drummer, for example. I would, if you guys listen to me playing drums on an album, especially a metal album, you're like, uh, you know, you might want to go learn how to play drums, <laughs> take a lesson from Ken or something. You programmed so, some pretty good drums, though. <laughs> I programmed some decent, yeah. But I, um, but I hired that out, you know, uh, even the bass. I almost hired Rich Gray. Uh, thank you guys for supporting Metal Bass Master, by the way. That course, oh my God. We'll take some time to talk about that at the end here. Um, it was, it's phenomenal, but we'll circle back around to that. But what I'm saying is that you may have limitations on how much time and obsession you can pour into your project but remember it doesn't have to be just you you know ken you had you had some help on your album as well you know you had some Absolutely. things going on that you, you didn't do every single thing all by yourself you know so talk a little bit about that and how that how that helped you focus on what you were truly the best at yeah well um i mean it goes it goes pretty far back when with when it comes to homeric um you know i think at, in the beginning when i was doing uh, Homeric, it was pretty clear certain roles uh, in the band for who did what as part of like a performance, right? So we had a vocalist, we had a, a guitarist, we had a drummer. Uh, these sorts of roles were pretty clear. But then as time went on, um, the the level of dedication changed. So the who was who was really in it for uh, the right reasons became what we had to debate and you know it ended up in a breakage of that sort of brotherhood that bond that we had very painful but it was necessary because um what i had envisioned homeric to be which you know as the mad composer like i was i was the creative lead on on this project i had the intention of turning this into something bigger than just an album i wanted it to be a novel a world you know, a multimedia sort of facet. And uh, these uh, sort of experiences that I was, you know, coming across with uh, lack of effort or something like that, it, it showed the amount of level of dedication and passion that was required to do what I was trying to do. And what that ended up making was uh, sort of uh, sort of an anchor uh, in progress. And that at that point, you know, something needed to change. And uh, moving forward, um, when when that band breakup happened, 
Uh, and it was, it was, I, I actually felt in many ways that it still wasn't totally mine because I was so connected uh, to some of these uh, members. Um, even though creatively it was, it was mine. It was just the, the emotional connection uh, was very much tied to some of these members. Uh, so when I had uh, moved on from that, some of that was still lingering in, okay, is this, does this feel like this is mine yet? You know? And so I was, I actually received help from Jason um, immediately. <laughs> it was, you wasted no time, brother. You were like, okay, here we go. I'm just gonna, uh, I'm your, I'm your new guitarist for this record now. <laughs> and uh, that was something that really helped catapult uh, my, my, my severance, uh, from what was before. And at that point I started to, you know, look at this thing as its own entity and not necessarily just, uh, my creation, but something that was kind of only already living and breathing and I just needed to nurture it. Um, and so I still, I think at that point I still had uh, the basis was still on board from what was That's before. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, but over time that actually sort of did away with two and uh, we got Nick Z to perform bass on that album instead. But yeah, that, that took some time. It took some time and having people on board and realizing, you know, that, you know, even I, I got to give a shout out here to David Milgate, the artist who, yeah. who was painting all of these uh, great you know, stuff. By the way, dude. <laughs> I mean, Homeric has about like uh, upwards of at minimum like 30 illustrations and yeah. pictorials that are full on paintings. You know, at least 10 of them are full on paintings. Um, and it took a long time to make that content. But with David, um, even though he saw what had just happened, you know, David actually, I remember him telling me, you know, it's like I didn't, you know, once for a second think that you would quit it. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, because like he knew the amount of passion I had for what I was trying to do, so he knew that I would get it, I would get through it, and uh, eventually I did, and uh, it became more powerful for it. So that obsession that I had for Homeric, um, you know, I, it 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 exudes in everything I do in life, right? So even to my own students, you know, my students know about what I do. Uh, anybody I talk to, you know, knows what Homeric is about. And um, that kind of, you know, prominence of, of, of influence that this project has had on me, um, that's, that's what we're, we're, we're talking about in the case of, you know, being obsessed, but you can be healthily obsessed. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not killing myself over this album. I'm taking, uh, I'm, I'm giving it the space that it needs for sure. You know, uh, sometimes things take a long time and you got to be okay with that because it's just, it's what, it, it's what's required. <laughs> uh, and you sometimes don't know exactly what you have until some time has passed. So, uh, but as long as you stay uh, focused and you don't quit on what it is that you're creating, um, it will show you its true colors and it will become um an entity of its own that you know you might not you know in some cases be able to control it's kind of like uh you just had a, a little cub you know as you, you adopted a, a cub 
And now it's grown up to be a full-on big bear. And you're just like, whoa, <laughs> oh, this man, is whatever. a little more than I can handle right now. So yeah. uh, it becomes its own thing. Yeah. It's a process of nurturing. You know, my, my wife, she's really gotten into plants over the past couple of years. So we keep getting more plants, which I love. I love that she has that. And of course, I help, you know, I help whenever she needs me to help repot something or whatever. But uh, yeah, you see, you see these things growing. And sometimes, oftentimes, she'll, she'll find a plant that's not doing so well at the store and buy it at a discount and kind of bring it back to life, which makes her feel good. Uh, and, you know, with your music, you're creating something, you're bringing something to life. And I, I kind of see it, and I, I won't get way off in, uh, you know, left field outer space here, but I see your, your music as something that was already created and you're just bringing that to fruition. If that makes sense, oh, yeah. you know, you were supposed to be on this path to create this song, you know, Ken, you were supposed to create Homeric, right? This is already has, is, is said and done in this other realm, right? This, you know, cool magical realm. Again, mm -hmm. we won't go too deep there, but this is what you're supposed to do. So you're just nurturing it along and, and bringing it to life. I feel the same about, you know, my album that's coming out in a few days here and everything else I'm done and everything I will do. Uh, you know, we have, we have some more music to put out there for Metal Mastermind. Ken and I were talking about, you know, making an album next year for Metal Mastermind. Uh, so that would be something something really cool that we work on as a side project. But I think, you know, during those times of, of extreme focus and extreme obsession, I think there are seasons for that. I think you're always obsessed over, you're, you're always going to have this this closeness to Homeric. I'm going to have that with my music and, and with my projects, you know. But there are times, I think there are seasons where you might focus on certain aspects of that obsession more than others. You know, you had to go, you had to get this thing like mix and master, Ken. So you spent, you know, probably a lot of hours doing that. Then you had to move on to the artwork, working with David Wright. He had to move yep. on to this video that, of course, by the time we release this podcast, here we go with the time warp again. You guys will probably have the video in place or, or you'd be further along anyway. But that took a lot of time to put that together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you, it requires tremendous amount of dedication. These sorts of things, you know. Um, and I, you know, on our last, um, conversation with, uh, with Kia, uh, you know, Kia talked about that too. Um, these sorts of things don't, don't happen overnight. You need to, uh, propel your, your ambitions forward by constantly working on them. They don't work on themselves. Uh, and I, I've always, I've always liked that analogy of, of what the Greeks used to to refer to the muses, you know, that they were the gods. They were the ones that had already uh, embellished this, you know, creation. And it is your job as the messenger to uh, translate that. Um, I feel many ways as musicians, we, we have that gift. It's, 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 you call it a gift, call it a curse. <laughs> it's, it's very much the same in some way. It is the same, yeah, dude. Yeah. But uh, it means you might not do something else. It might mean it might mean yeah. that to in order to do this like it needs to be done, you might not have the time to go get involved in this hobby. Maybe you don't play video games anymore or golf or or whatever. Doesn't mean you can't ever do those things. Like I love to kayak. We love kayaking and we love hiking. Um, I'm very passionate about both. But it's not like we do those every day or even even once a week. Those are done on like trips that we take throughout the year. So right. it doesn't mean you have to completely cut yourself off from everything. 
uh, something that might be in your face, like a video game, that might be a little different because you might be tempted. Well, I'm gonna go play this game, you know, every day or something like that. No big deal. So yeah, you just have to figure out what's more important. Um, God, I haven't touched a video game in decades, dude. <laughs> I don't even know what they would be <laughs> yeah, like today. It was, it was Mortal Kombat of, for me. Those kinds of things are uh, those are unique. Um, and when we're we're talking about having uh, this 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 amount of time, I, I always think about it as overarching story arcs, uh, where you know you have, uh, you know, let's say let's call him the hero, right? The hero is is in this place of comfort in the beginning. Call it your childhood, the beginning of your 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 development. You're very excited. You want to go on this adventure. Right. You, you know, don't quite know necessarily what this adventure might entail. Right. Mm-hmm. As you go on your adventure, uh, you end up stumbling upon conflict. And this mm-hmm. conflict is uh, something that teaches uh, the hero about what it means to stay strong, but to, to, to continue going forward despite uh, conflict in your life. Then at a certain point, uh, the hero is still within this this conflict but now this the hero has to has to sacrifice you know what what does it mean for the hero to get to that last point of finally uh claiming what is what is rightfully theirs you know think about you know something like spider-man you know what what did spider-man have to let go of in order to be truly spider-man right Uh, peter parker And that's that, that he, he was trying to live a double life, but he couldn't, he couldn't do it. He had to really kind of, you know, or Batman, right. For that man, like these kinds of figures that we learn from. And what does that mean in the end? You know, it means something learned something, you know, they, they've acquired maybe what, what they were after. And you can call this the success, but it doesn't come without the consequence of learning what you had to go through to get there. That's so true. Um, and sometimes in some of those stories, the hero is not happier, you know? So you have to be very, very conscious of what it is that you're asking for. And when you are pursuing your, your quest <laughs> as the hero of your own story, so to speak, you gotta, you gotta think about, you know, again, that legacy, what is it that you're leaving behind? What are you sacrificing in order to get to that point? Um, can you retain uh, integrity and dignity as you do it. You know, that's a huge part of this too. Some people sell their souls for the gold, man. And do, um, yeah. sometimes you, you see it. You, I mean, you, it's, it's, it's in the history books. You can see it yeah. uh, where, how it has affected people. And some people, you know, they wouldn't trade it for the world. Some people would, uh, but what is important to you? Um, not to say that everybody here is going after the gold, but it's, uh, it's gotta have a, a bit of, you know, just context for, for, for what we're trying to say here for the message. And I hope that's coming across. Um, it's also important to, to surround yourself, like whether you're going for the gold or, or you're just going for a piece of gold, you know what I mean? I think it's important to surround yourself with people that support you and that, that are like-minded. Uh, so if you're, if you're hanging out on the weekends with a bunch of people that just, you know, <laughs> that are just involved in whatever activities and that's taking time away from you pursuing your album or your song, well, it doesn't mean they're bad people, whatever teach their own, but if the song, if your music is more important with you to you, then you may have to cut 
maybe not cut ties, but cut the amount of time you spend with certain people. Or if you're around the people, if, if you have a, if you have a, like a, I don't know, boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, it's like, oh, well, that music thing, that's a cute little hobby you have there, but you know, go get a real job. If that's not right. what you want to do, maybe that person doesn't need to be in your life in that way. You know, right. that's a, that's a big thing, guys. You know, you, you have to be around people not blowing smoke, you know, that'll be honest with you, but also that support what you do. I'm very fortunate to have a wife that, you know, when I left my corporate job three and a half years ago, yeah, it was like, it's kind of like, okay, uh, <laughs> we're, we're like jumping off this cliff with no net, you know, <laughs> but she was very supportive and it was like, uh, yeah, well, let's just do it. And she's rooted for me and been there right by my side the entire way, you know, through, through the ups and downs. And here we are, you know, so if if you're around people that aren't supporting you and your vision and Ken, you went through this, you just talked about it. You've talked about it before, you know, with your old bandmates, they, they were not aligned with Ken's vision, you know? So, and actually it, it was so far disaligned that it was going against your vision and really hindering you. So you had to cut that. So you may have to cut certain people, may have to cut certain things out of your life. But like you said, Ken, it's all about like, what's really important to you. Is this important enough to, uh, for you to make something great out of, to become obsessed with and share that obsession with other people? Or is it just a hobby? And look, either way, there's not a wrong or right answer. There's only what's right for you. Yeah. I, I, I've always thought it was kind of funny uh, because, you know, like I was, I was raised Catholic. I'm not, I'm not a practicing Catholic. I, Catholic Ken. I like that. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm more, I'm more agnostic atheist kind of thing, but I'm, I've, I've, I, I, I actually really appreciate a lot of what I've learned from Catholicism, but sure. when I, uh, had these moments in my life of, you know, getting rid of bandmates or moving out of my, 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 my sister's home or something like that, it, these sorts of events that were very, very important for me always kind of happened around Easter, which is very, very odd. <laughs> So I always felt like, oh my God, I'm I'm literally always like resurrecting in a new in a new path, a new chapter in my life on these dates. And I just find it really, really hilarious that those are the coincidences of time when <laughs> I would have these moments. But you're you, you know, when we talk about these kinds of things, it's because um, you know, you have no no one's got the right answer for anybody. You're like it it's really a personal decision. Uh, that you have to make for yourself. Uh, I can't, I can't tell you what's good for you. Uh, you, you know, just like you really probably can't tell me what's good for me. You can share your experience, uh, which is what we're doing. Um, and what we found to be something that maybe is a common good, but you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, if it serves you to, to do what it is that you need to do, uh, then you are hopefully choosing the right path and uh we just say follow your intuition because your intuition more often than not uh is the right one and um i've been i've been lucky to have good intuition and my intuition has give, gotten me far um you know i i and i'm so uh in line with a supportive partner like you you absolutely if you're yeah, you with somebody that, that I think that's an absolute must. I, I, I couldn't imagine trying to do what I'm doing and not have the support of Elizabeth the way she has been able to support me in my vision. So, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons I want to marry this woman. So um, it's, it's just quite 
quite important when when you think about it. And that's that also means to you know the other part of the discussion that we had, which is you know what you're willing to sacrifice. Sometimes um, you don't you don't know what you might be sacrificed if you do it True. too early. Um, you know, if you if you're the type of person who was like, I never want to have kids and, you know, because I just want to do this and you could do that and you you're probably can have a, a good chance of, of making it and doing what you do. Um, but you might you might be discounting what the power of having people in your life like a family might do for you, too. You know, it might give you even more drive. By that having is them. very true. Yeah, there's another side to that. That's that very true. Um, you know, some people say, well, wealthy people don't have a lot of kids. And then, but if you look at the wealthiest people in the world, they actually have a lot of kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, something to be said for that. And I'm not saying go pop out 10 kids so you can be successful. That, that may or may not work for you, but, but it gives you the, <laughs> yeah, some more now, but it's, it's, it's one of those things. So you determine your own drive at the end of the day. I'm a, I'm a true believer in that. Um, it kind of goes back to, what I quote from Jocko Willink, when I don't, when I don't feel like doing it, I do it anyway. You know what needs yeah. to be done. And whether you have kids or, you know, 10 kids or five kids or two or no kids, right. It could be just you, uh, you determine your drive. You know, I'm, I'm a strong believer and we have power within us to determine our destiny, to determine our future. And it's based on a series of decisions that we will make. And, uh, yeah, there, there is something to be said for that family support. I couldn't imagine having someone not there to support me, you know, like my wife does, like Candy does. So it just works out really well. So that's that's super important, you know, to have that person by your side or or at least at least to not have sometimes you know you can have the people by your side or maybe you don't have anybody but but it's better it's better to not have anybody than have people that are against you <laughs> i'll say that that's you true know, <laughs> that's you, definitely true. man that makes it very very difficult you know if you have somebody in your life that's that's the naysayer and every time you bring up you're going to do something great and they're like well this is the reason why it won't work you know or you shouldn't do that you know whatever yeah, I mean, you just have to, you have to cut that, you know, you kind of have to trim the fat, so to speak, and get that there's, out of your life. There's so many analogies you could say about that. And oh, it's man, just yeah. like, it, it all comes down to a solid foundation. Uh, you, 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 if you want something that is not just, you know, able to be successful, because you could, you could come from a, a really crappy background and, and you can still make it, you know, you can't, we, yeah. we do live in a world where that happens, but Many times in those instances, it's a very volatile success, um, and it's not sustainable. And uh, you know, some, that's not for everybody. You know, there are exceptions to that too. But there is a, generally, I would say, more success through a solid foundation than not. And uh, many people spend their entire lifetimes trying to build a solid foundation um for anything else sometimes it's it's a generational thing you know like some people who have come to for example america they're you know coming into america and trying to make it you know they basically just pretty much got by for the majority of them where the next generation or the generation even after that was able to finally have some success um sometimes that's just how it is and uh it it, it it's very it's it's very difficult, you know, make What does it mean? You know, also like making it to it. Like that's a, that's another thing too. Like that's what a, is success to you? Good thing to talk about. Yeah. That's a <laughs> very good a, thing to talk about. 
Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it, we, we, we talk about having, you know, an obsession for something that you do, but it's like also how far do you want it to go? Again, it goes back to that legacy thing. Like what is it that you're trying to build? I think honestly, people who have become successful or, you know, quote unquote, let's just say successful because there's a different perception of that, but for them, they become successful because they knew what they wanted, right? So when you have a clear indication of why you're doing what you're doing, what it is that you're after, that's where you can measure, I think, some success from that. Um, And I think that's important. And, you know, we don't have to necessarily compare ourselves to other people. It's not saying that. It's to say that you have something that you're actually really striving for. Are you, are you just coasting through life and you just, you know, don't really have a, a specific goal or do you have a specific goal? And is that something that you can measure against where you are right now to where you're trying to go? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's real simple. My, uh, my success story, my success is, is driven by the amount of freedom that I have. That could be yeah. financially. It could be with time. It could be, uh, I, I want to, and we kind of do this and, and I'm not wealthy by any means. You know, we, we talked about this earlier, Ken, you know, I have no ambition of being a billionaire. I don't even know if I'd want that responsibility and the stuff that comes with that. Uh, but I do want to be well off and I am striving for that. I want to be able to just kind of do what I want to do when I want to do it. I'm, I'm not like a big, you know, I don't wear jewelry. I'm not into like expensive cars and nothing wrong with that stuff. If that's what you want, that's what you want. Go for it. You know, I just don't care about that stuff. I care about cool guitars, you know, and I care about travel. I love to travel. I love to take trips. You know, my wife and I, again, we're, we're coming back from Thailand now, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, a few months from now, we're going to go hiking in the mountains and in, in, in North Carolina and in the Asheville area. We love that place. Uh, there's a guitar factory in Nebraska that I might want to visit, you know, and I, I try to work some of this stuff in for my business, you know, being a full-time musician, but me is just freedom. I had this conversation with somebody, a good friend of mine, uh, just the other day, she was looking at leaving her gig, leaving her job. She's like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Uh, but she's scared. She's afraid of, of failing and of it not working. And she kept saying these self-defeating statements. I'm like, look, you got to stop doing that for one. You got to stop saying these self-defeating statements and just killing the whole business before you even start it. You got to take it one step at a time, right? Take that step, take the next step. And Ken, you and I've talked about this. You always have to remember your why. What is your why? And I asked her that. Well, and she's like, I want the freedom. I'm like, okay, we, we have the same why. So that why has to be so strong and you have to have such a, a, like a huge obsessive conviction to that why. You have to be married to that idea of freedom and then you will make the appropriate decisions Again, guys, you're not always going to know the answer. You're not always going to have uh, the answer right in front of you. You're not always going to know what the next step is, but you move forward anyway. And can you, we talked about intuition. I've always believed if you have, if you have a pure heart and pure intentions, your intuition is going to guide you in the right direction. Because I think naturally we're supposed to, you know, make our lives better. And in, in essence, we can make the world a better place in doing that as well. So go for it. You know, you have to follow that intuition and go for it and just take those steps, just move forward. Yeah. And, and, and just, you know, live by the golden rule, you know, don't yeah. you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Honestly, yeah. 
I, I go out of my way to, uh, to anybody who's involved with Homeric, I go out of my way to, to treat them really well. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's just something that I, I just really believe in. Like, like when it comes to, uh, paying people, I, I might pay people early. <laughs> um, and, uh, I've been so, uh, graciously given the opportunity to, to work with people over time. Like I've been paying David Milgate since 2018 for these pieces of artwork that, um, he had no, you know, he didn't have to do what he did for me. But David and I have such a have a, such a bond uh, when we talk about Homeric that it's infectious. And David is fully behind everything, so he's like, you know what? Like we're gonna work uh, work, work together regardless. So uh, let's just make this work that doesn't kill each other. Um, to, to get it done right now let's just that's that's why i say things like you know some of these things take time like if if homeric was just an album this would have been done a long time ago. oh yeah you got a whole world coming of this yeah it's 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 what i'm i've been what i've been building for the past 10 years you know uh by the time at least this thing comes out is is is, is an entire foundation for what's to come afterwards when you've got a the bedrock established now you can start to build tall you know when building a skyscraper is is not that hard to do <laughs> what what's hard to do is building a foundation that can hold yeah. the entire weight of a skyscraper you know if you actually okay let's just go to a, a dark time 9-11 okay 9-11 here in the united states very very dark but if you actually took a look at what happened in the aftermath of the wreckage of 9-11, that foundation was actually still good. Hmm. It was still good, even despite the entirety of two giant towers collapsing on it. There is actually, um, there's actually a, a wall uh, in, in that complex that keeps the entire Hudson River outside of Wall Street. Well, wow. and when that those two towers came down, it still held strong. I think it's called the Skelly Skelly Wall or Scurry Wall or something like I that. I know about that, dude. That's crazy. It man. still stood tall and strong. That's how well they built it. Yeah. And so that's the thing that's going to take the most time. It's 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 the foundation of anything. Building tall, <laughs> you know, and you could you could. Honestly, I think uh, if I remember correctly, um, the structural integrity of the twin towers was was in in, in in each floor there was a fault, which in this case, I think they were these steel hinges that held up each floor, and when the jet fuel from that plane that crashed, when it when it it kept burning so much that the steel melted, it warped. And so that warping is what collapsed the towers. And so each one, you know, and of course, by gravity, once that one fell down first, everything on top of it fell. And then, of course, cascading all the way down to the bottom. But you could say, you know, you could build an entire house, you know, on you know, on a, on a really good foundation, something might 
you know, break it in, in some point. But with that foundation, we were still able to build Freedom Tower, yeah. right? We still built back up. Mm-hmm. We built something even taller than World Trade Center 1 uh, at 9-11. And it was more durable. It's, it's almost like, you know, impervious in a way. Yeah. Um, but if those towers were built on sand and it wasn't, I mean, this would have never been a, a thing in the first place. That's an old parable. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's kind of a parable out of a dark time, but yeah. you know, you can, you can kind of use it as an, as an analogy to understand, you know, what, how important having a good foundation is yeah. to something that you're building, whether it's your music, whether it's your business, whether it's your family and, you know, if things go wrong, you know, a, a tower might fall, but you could always build back up because you still got your foundation. And that's, that's a really, really, really powerful way, I think, of looking at it. Now, speaking of foundation, Ken, there's one instrument that serves as part of a strong foundation to any song, and that is... <laughs> the bass. <laughs> the bass. Guys, we it's been a few weeks now. We release Metal Bass Masters. Uh, just briefly, before we do our song of the week and end, guys, I just want to let you guys know it's out there. Uh, MetalMastermind.com, you can find it. Uh, go into the courses, you'll see Metal Bass Master. And it's by Rich Gray. We'll have Rich Gray on the channel. Uh, we'll have him on Metal Mastermind here soon uh, on the YouTube channel so he can talk to you guys some. Maybe you do a live with him. I'm going to have him on the Jason Stallworth YouTube channel as well here uh, as soon as I get back. But he's the basis for Annihilator, which Annihilator's been around since like the 80s, man. They were one of the, oh, yeah. know, the cooler metal bands from back in the day. And then he's with Aeon Zen as well. And of course, he's a producer, man. He's, I mean, he's all in and he is the real deal. And he is a phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal person, just a really cool person, but phenomenal bass player. I'll give you the short version of the story. Um, I met him through the guys at Siren, uh, the Tampa metal band Siren. They recorded their last album, A Mercenary's Fate. And my buddy Doug, Lee Singer, and Ed, a born their drummer, they let me hear the pre tracks before it was released. And I'm like, who is your bass player, man? I just hear this really cool stuff. And they even let me hear the bass tracks by itself. I'm like, who is this dude? So they told me, I'm like, I got to get in contact with him. So, so Ken and I talked to him after that and here we are, but yeah, metal bass masters out there, killer course guys. It's an amazing course. I'm learning so much from it. I mean, you guys know I'm, I'm a guitar player who likes to play bass. I don't know if I'd consider myself oh, yeah. a bass player, but Hey, I might become a bass player. I'll never lay Gun- down a guitar. Gunner yeah, Gunner, yeah. Gunner will play bass. <laughs> and dude, do you, um, do you have a song of the week this week? Man? Yeah, actually I want to, I want to talk a little bit about Aeon Zen for a second because uh, Aeon Zen was actually super influential on me in high school. And, uh, you know, when Rich Gray kind of came on board Metal Mastermind, I made sure to let him know that uh, The Face of the Unknown, that album is a great album. Uh, There are two particular favorites of mine. Uh, Visions is one. Um, I played, I actually practiced my drums on Visions quite a bit. And um, I, I, I love that piece for it. Um, actually, fun fact, uh, when I was in high school, I was super, you know, big fan of Mike Portnoy, no surprise. <laughs> but uh, Mike Portnoy used to have a, a website with a forum where he would, you know, put out some of his favorite music of the month. And uh, Aeon Zen was one of those. And I took a listen and I fell in love with it. And uh, the other song from uh, that album called Heart of the Sun, The Heart of the Sun is a really um, 
really, really great. If you're into like melodic bass lines, that is a beautiful piece uh, for a melodic bass line. So check them out. Uh, Aeon Zen is a great band. And, you know, thanks for Rich Gray for uh, believing in Metal Mastermind and wanting to create something for you guys as a resource for Metal Bass Master. How awesome is that? That's cool. That is cool, man. (laughs) What about you, Jake? I'm going to keep it in the rich gray territory here, man. I'm, I'm going to awesome. call out um, one of Siren's uh, songs off their latest album. Uh, so the album is called A Mercenary's Fate. It was released in 2022. If you look up Siren, there are a lot of other bands, unfortunately, called Siren. But so just look up Siren, A Mercenary's Fate. That's their latest album. And track number seven called One Man's Fight. That is one killer song with one amazing message behind it. And, of course, Rich's uh, awesome bass plan. Uh, so guys, that wraps it up for another episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Head over to metalmastermind.com. Of course, check out Metal Bass Master. We have other courses on theory, on songwriting, several guitar courses, vocal courses. So do check those out, guys. And until next time, as always, create your own sound.